Welcome to Education Talks, I'm David Burke. Adam Morris is the Schools Technology and Integrations Director at Faria Education Group. He describes himself as a programmer who is lucky enough to work in education. He's worked in international schools across China, Vietnam and Malaysia as an ESL teacher, English teacher and of course the all-important tech guy. I wanted to hear his story of transitioning from working inside schools to working in his current role. Well, Adam Morris, uh, welcome to Education Talks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Now, where are you joining us from? Uh, Malaysia. I am, uh, I've spent the last about, was it nine years in Malaysia? Um, uh, it's nice weather outside and um, uh, it's been, uh, it's just been a great experience uh, working with you uh, this last year and a half or so uh, from, from, from Malaysia. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, now you describe yourself as a programmer lucky enough to be in education. Can you tell us what do you, what do you mean by that? I probably went through several iterations of uh, like, you know, the blurb that you want to put on your bio whenever you're asked for conferences and, you know, on Twitter, people see that little blurb and you kind of, um, and so I, I, I settled on it because I thought it sort of captured me the best um, and how I kind of accidentally fell into uh, education uh, happily. I mean, I came from a, a family of educators, so education was never on my my you know list of things I wanted to do. It was sort of I won't do that. But um, I, I moved to um, I, you know, I moved to Asia first. I was learning Chinese in China, you know, first. SARS hit, and I that's how I ended up teaching, um, getting into the the international school uh, context. Um, but at the same time, I always thought of myself as a, a coder or like a hobbyist techie. That was a that was probably the one of the first things I wanted to get into when I, you know, when I got old enough to have a real job, that sort of thing. Um, but so that's how I like to. I think it just captures the the, the idea that um, uh, you know my my the way my brain works. It works like a programmer, um, but at the same time, I'm professionally. Uh, trained and uh, most experienced at actually teaching classroom and working in, you know, middle management. I've never been a senior leader, um, teach, you know, but uh, definitely classroom oriented uh, teacher, you know, working with kids, improving, uh, you know, working them through the curriculum, through some of the stress of the, of the programs they're going through, uh, you know, uh, being a student, um, uh, student council head and, you um, you know, kind of doing some governments, government uh, kind of work like that, student government. Um, so, yeah, so I think just like, but at the same time, I do all these things. It's sort of like the two hats I wear, you know, teacher program, teacher program, program teacher. And, uh, you know, lucky enough to be in education is because I, it's such a good thing because I don't think I would have done well in, say, fintech or some of the other computer, mm -hmm. like, you know, straight up uh, software shops. Um, I like the dynamic nature of the international school circuit. Um, the, and how we support each other, the the network. So yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, so you mentioned you were learning Chinese. Was that before or or when you arrived in China? So I actually got my my degree in philosophy, and and so I was a BA. And you have to choose a, a foreign language to like you know to get the BA, a Bachelor of Arts. So and not choosing, not wanting to choose the usual Spanish, French. German, um, I, I said, okay, I'll do an Asian language. That's the way I think, uh, you know, just do something different, not, not the usual thing. 
And at that time, the usual Asian language would have been Japanese. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that either. Uh, Chinese. <laughs> and uh, it turned out like that was one of the best decisions, you know, among the yeah. best decisions I ever, like, I don't know if you would call that a decision, but uh, best thing I ever done um, because I just loved it. It was so different from English. Um, it was so hard. It was such a steep learning curve at first. And so like me doing that, uh, that, that study in, in, in America at, in East Coast near Philadelphia, um, I wanted to live in Asia to kind of like absorb the, the language and culture and, and to learn it properly, so to speak. So when I got to China, I could already say, you know, I could buy stuff. I could, you know, shop easily um, and people could, I could understand them saying, wow, you speak Chinese so well, you know, and that was pretty much it. And then while there for 10 years, um, I, I got to a, a degree of fluency. Um, but it's actually kind of rusty at the moment. It's been quite a while since I've used it. So, yeah. So your motivation for going to China was to work in a school or was it that that was the path that was just available at the time? It was School was not even on the radar. It was more like I just wanted to experience uh, what it was like to live outside of my home country. I, you know, I think the expat life sort of called to me. Um, yep. I felt more at home and um, I was sort of a vagabond, you know, kind of, I mean, I was teaching, but it was, you know, whatever jobs I could find teaching adults English. And um, I was there to learn Chinese. Then I, I realized I, I really like teaching. And so I, uh, I got the opportunity to apply for a job in international school as an English teacher. And then my classroom was like a small toilet. It used to be a toilet, like no, no whiteboard. My, my, the A4 paper, I laminated and stuck it up on a wall. And that was my whiteboard. Uh, but I loved it. It was great. I mean, these kids were in grade one and like, you know, like big brown eyes and just wanted to learn English and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So I kept going and um, yeah. And so this is an international school. Now, how many schools were you at in China? Were you just the same one or, or a few schools? So yeah, the, the sequence goes China, uh, Tianjin, and then Vietnam for eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and then China, back to China in Suzhou for three. And then uh, Malaysia for, I was at that school for, wow, was it seven, six or seven years? And that was an IB school. Um, yeah, so that's the so it's only been four schools, I think. I think I counted yep. just there. Yeah, but your roles were quite varied. So you weren't uh, just an English teacher. So just tell us a little bit about what you did in in these schools. Yeah, so basically the, the theme of falling into the job, um, I was teaching English at the first few schools I worked in, and I kind of was working my way to get to a big IB school, like a tier one, so to quote unquote school, and you know finally landed it. It was a school in Suzhou. Um, and, uh, and I, and I arrived as the English teacher. Um, I actually taught drama. Um, so like, you know, techie, I was not the techie. I was just the English teacher. Um, but, uh, I was kind of surprised that it was a, you know, tier one school and the tech was kind of not working. Um, we had Moodle and it would crash, um, you know, things with a database were like, you couldn't, it was difficult to contact parents. Um, this is way back when. This is say well, way back, you know, what's it, 15 years? <laughs> you know, so um, you know, the cloud was before the cloud uh, was a, really a thing, um, and, and so everything was self-hosted, and uh, we, they needed techies on site, um, and I, they knew I was a hobbyist, so they kind of just asked me, "Hey, can you take a look? Uh, the, the server keeps dying, and we're thinking about like, you know, doing something else. But before we do that, can you fix it?" And I, you know, just use Google. I mean, I, and I'm not a computer science trained person, but I, I just like trying to figure out like, you know, from clues and the logs and then, 
and, and I managed to fix it. And it was amazing because like, it was like I had more impact doing that than I did as an English teacher. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, they could use the learning management system reliably. Um, they could contact parents without it bouncing. Um, you know, like it was like, it was like that aha moment that you just kind of fall into. And, mm -hmm. um, I really, and I really enjoyed it. It was kind of, and it was also like that, that language learning aspect of that I enjoyed as well. It was like, I had to, I didn't know anything about, about Moodle at the time. Like, so I had to learn it. So it was something else that, you know, just like I learned Chinese, that learning curve was there. It was challenging. Um, and it had a big upside. So yeah, that's basically how, how it all came about. So you became quite, I guess, uh, valuable. I can imagine, uh, you know, you were having a big impact across the school. What was it that you most enjoyed about that sort of technology role in the school? So, like, it was great because like once like you, it's not just fixing things or making it work. It's also like the um, it's inspiring. It inspires the, your colleagues to kind of be designers and to kind of, you know, talk about how to improve education in general by having technology, using technology in kind of the right way or uh, maybe building out some sort of um, new feature, you know, um, or having some sort of workflow in place that saves people time. Um, and so, so it was just like that engagement of not only just like having the technology work really well, but engaging with the community and, and, and being able to like help them to work out what it is they want. Cause a lot of times, you know, they'll start off and say, wouldn't it be great if, and they don't know if technically that's possible or what that would entail, but I can help them answer that. But at the same time, I speak their language cause I am a, I am a teacher and I do understand what they're going on about. Like, you know. They're talking about how a nurse needs some workflow, and I, I get that because I've actually gone to the nurse with a kid and seen the mm -hmm. nurse <laughs> being very busy and how you know how, how how dependent she is on information, that kind of thing. So yeah, so I think I enjoyed that most that that, that cross section between technology and the actual like the campus, so to speak. It's really interesting. It's really important, though, isn't it, having a technology person in the school who is also an educator, be it whether they're a former educator, you know, experienced, or whether they're perhaps a, a position that is part-time teaching and part-time technology. Would you agree? I'm nodding furiously. Yes, I have to agree. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, my role now is uh, I have the, uh, the advantage of having a little bit of a kind of a not oversight, but I can, I can see from 10,000 feet. I, I work with, uh, you know, tech directors, you know, jobs I used to have or similar jobs. And I can tell the difference it makes when there's someone on site who basically acts like a kind of a translator, to be honest with you, um, mm -hmm. uh, between the vendors, like, you know, features and how that, what that means to them. Um, yeah. And so, so it's it just a smoother conversation. It's more likely they'll, they'll, they'll be happier customers. Um, and so, it, it, yeah, I just, I absolutely think that's essential. Um, and also it's great. We need a community and a network to support, uh, the learning that needs to happen at both sides, like the vendors need to be learning, the communities mm -hmm. need to be growing, and you know, tech directors or whatever titles they have, the the techies at schools, like you said, um, need to be supported in our growth at the same time. Yeah. Do you miss though being inside a school? I do miss the feeling of walking to a classroom and then you have a group of teenagers just waiting to learn from you. There's something special about that. Uh, yeah, I definitely miss that. Um, but there are aspects I don't miss, um, the hectic pace of the day. Um, you know, like, uh, I can have a lunch hour 
uh, and that's I can actually have it. And whereas in school, it's like you have ten minutes, and yeah. and in a way, I miss it too. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of be it'd be nice to fall back into that maybe when I get some more gray hair or something. Um, but yeah, but definitely that feeling that can't be beat. Uh, you know, the, the 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 bell rings and you walk in and everyone sits down. This sort of everyone's like, you know getting ready to you know, engage. And then you have this whole thing that you're going to, you know, draw on the whiteboard and then ask questions and they're going to dive in. That's, it's, it's hard to replicate that in, uh, in my current job. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2014, you started something called Classroom Tech Tools. Uh, how did that come about? What, and what did that involve? Yeah. So that was basically, I was doing this, there's the, I was a techie, the techie in a school. Um, and I wanted to solve problems that weren't just I could use. I wanted to be like kind of more global. I wanted to reach out beyond just to, you know, solve a problem beyond what my colleagues wanted. And I was really enticed by the open source community, the open source, like you write code, you solve a problem and then you publish it. And it's, it's kind of like the scientific end of this, um, of the spectrum here, being a computer scientist and not just someone putting scripts together randomly. There's kind of a, there's kind of a, uh, you know, an assumption that, you know, the techie at the school can build something that's kind of creaky and will fall over as soon as they leave. Um, I wanted to build something more permanent. And, and so, or at least we say that I was trying to. <laughs> and um, so I would, you know, I'd publish code. So I, I, I moved to Malaysia and that's where um, they use Google and they weren't using Moodle, they use Google. And so I had to learn the Google platform and Google has something called app scripts, which is like JavaScript on the back end. And, you know, there's a community out there publishing libraries that they've, you know, made with that platform. Um, so like, you know, getting data from spreadsheets or whatever. And so I was using those, that tool that, you know, that, that platform app scripts to make solutions that weren't creaky and about to fall over as soon as I walked out, right? Um, or, or like a daily notifications, like in the morning you get an email with all the, like the, the things you need to know for today. That's a common use for need in school. So I made that and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to show that, you know, A, this is a solvable problem in general and here's the code for it. Here's how I did it. So that, that's where that Classroom Tech Tools came about. That is, I wanted to kind of establish a brand name that wasn't my name. I wanted it to be like kind of for anyone. Um, but there was also, uh, also an advantage there. I did want to kind of get my name out, network a bit, um, and, 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 and you know, see if I could engage other schools and, and see if they were interested in, in my skill set to kind of challenge me even further and also to learn how other schools kind of how they work. Um, and so, yeah, that's where that came about. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a full-time job. It was mostly just a, you know, it was just some branding, in, really. A bit of a passion project that uh, this certainly yeah. paid off. Um, yeah, exactly. Would you be able to recommend, while we're on that topic, any um, you know, must-have tools in the ed tech area? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, just for example, what I've made, um, uh, just on that topic, uh, there's something I have, a, uh, you know, it'll be a link. Uh, something called a Manage Back Open Apply G Sheets tool, um, and so what that is is uh, if you use Manage Back or Open Apply, and it's a common use case to need to get that data into a spreadsheet to go and do something else with it, or maybe it, you know maybe it's you have a field trip coming up and you need to filter out a number of students that you want to know what kind of health information they have, or something like that, or mail merge, you know, or or you just want to track the information on a spreadsheet because you're a small school and you don't need to, something too SISE or too difficult. So, I, you know, I, it's one of the things I made. It's open source software. I, you know, it's actually built on a series of libraries. So it's kind of like 
you know, there's a data, there's a, a layer below the layers below. In, <laughs> um, and so I'm really quite pleased with it because it's actually being used um, quite, quite, quite often. Um, I even get requests for features and can add to it or some niggles I need to kind of make better or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, free, free to use, open source, like I said. And in a way, I kind of do still maintain it. And um, it, it solves problems, uh, especially if you have those platforms and you, yeah, you have, you're a Google school, um, def definitely check it out. So we'll include that in the description for both the podcast and on the video. Um, this sort of flows into just perhaps a chance to expand on a little more about specifically what you do in your current role. So you're the school's technology and integrations director at Faria. So what exactly does this role involve? Uh, yeah, so I think I see it as having um, a, a foot in two doors or two rooms. So um, I, I'm, I'm a full-time employee at Feria. Uh, they've, uh, you know, asked me to join them um, when they when they bought Schools Buddy, the platform uh, Schools Buddy, which is the, the activities, and because well, they wanted to do, they wanted to kind of st standardize and unify the three platforms in a way that was more useful to schools. Um, uh, so they, they wanted me to join to help with that process, that, that kind of developed product um, and, and Ferry One concept. Um, and so I countered by saying we need to, it's not just, you know, we need a community of, of tech directors who are out there who need to be supported in, in you know, engagement with a, a broader audience in order to make that be successful, a professional learning community. And so that's where that kind of came out. So that's how I have kind of two, you know, two feet in both feet and both whatever the expression is. <laughs> um, so the job is basically I, I'm available to schools and tech directors or, you know, who are um, talking about or wanting to implement more, optimize their systems to maybe um, use more Feria product or use it more in a more optimized way. Um, and what does that involve changing uh, on their side or, uh, you know, identifying the gaps that they currently have. So sometimes I talk to schools that are, very small and they have spreadsheets um, and they want to move to very, you know, something more mechanized. Um, and then there's other big groups of schools with lots of complications and complexities. And um, mm -hmm. sometimes it's migrating from their old SIS to ours or to a Feria products. So that, there's that role. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it's not a sales job, but it's more like trying to just like, you know, solve problems for both sides, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and in the other side of it is I do have a host events that are free. Um, and I'm, you know, engaging other uh, individuals who used to have the job I have, um, just chatting with them about like, you know, kind of like you're chatting with me now and, um, uh, sharing knowledge, um, giving them some takeaways. Um, I have an event, um, in a few weeks, uh, with a tech director in Taipei European school. And I'm actually met him while I was there last week. Um, and so, yeah, so it basically is, it's learning more about the customer and I can, you know, I can explain to my bosses what's what's what schools are really like and what they really need and what to prioritize and and so so that's essentially the the, the job <laughs> well um a lot of people of course will be familiar with uh, faria products um you know manage back open apply schools buddy uh, can you give us any little sort of sneak peeks of things that we can look forward to in the future yeah well there's um um, some other uh, platforms I get, that are less well-known, Oxford Study Courses, uh, MiniPD, um, de definitely check them out because um, uh, they, they, they bring a lot of value to uh, the, the manage back the existing platforms. Uh, MiniPD is really interesting because if you're um, 
if, if I weren't doing this job, I'd probably be a mini PD coach because you can have an arrangement where like you can be available um, to coach others in technology or, or whatever domain you're, you're, you're an expert at. Um, but you don't want to deal with the, the maintaining the booking data. Um, it's sort of like it's taking care of you. So, and they're also looking, yeah, um, they're also looking to, um, as a PD course for international schools and the person running it um, is just like you and me, another, you know, another academic who's understands schools very well. And, uh, and she's, um, you know, really amazing. And so I'm really, really quite happy about the mini PD, especially to look out for. And I often get feature requests and um, I, we, I try to say mum on that uh, for very good reasons where, because as, as you know, I, I can see the internal discussions and how hard it is mm -hmm. to deliver <laughs> because we do get a lot of requests and some of them don't always match like your comp, yeah. you know, and so I, but there are, so there are some that I'm really excited about, um, the global resource bank, um, just for an example. And so mm -hmm. we, yeah, so yeah, look out for that. Now you mentioned like community events, how can people go about getting involved? How can they participate? Yeah, so I mean, there's an events page and Eventbrite uh, that we advertise. Um, so um, you can, you you know, you have a variety of, of options here, um, depending on like how I, I imagine some some might go to every single event and um, you know ingest every, digest every single word and participate. Um, there might be others who are just want to get some information real quick, and um, you know, um, so there's you know you can join our monthly meetup, um, the Feria. Um, professional learning community has a monthly meetup and that's like a kind of a song and dance zoom call very you know i and have a guest over and we talk about a specific topic we also meet on uh, every other wednesday so the wednesday that we don't have the meetup the other the second wednesday after that we have a, a casual um catch up in, uh, in our discord mm -hmm. channel and it basically make myself available and whoever joins we just have a chat um and the discord i just mentioned is another way to get uh participate in the community um, you know, text-based only. You can ask questions if you have technical, like more. You know, I mean, our support system is probably one of the best in. The, I think I do think mm -hmm. is demonstrably the best in the, of the international school platforms. Um, and sometimes I might have to say, well, it's actually a support question, but that's fine because I just want to hear what you need. But sometimes the questions can be, you know, like how do you connect this platform? It's not Faria to this, and you need need a quick mm -hmm. answer. So there's there's a there's a few ways to get um, connected. I can definitely vouch for how, how useful that is um, as someone working or someone who used to work in schools. Um, now, what have you learned so far from this role that if you were either to be talking with someone inside a school looking for advice or you were yourself were going to go back into working in schools, what would be the, th the most important lesson you've learned so far? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I sort of mentioned it already. It's... So the vendors are trying to solve problems that, um, that are actually, when it's just the one school or a few schools that you've been to, it's, it's, really, it's, it's, it's really clear to, uh, from one side because you have not a small degree of experience. Because I, but you know, having the overview and seeing like, the big picture of how complex schools are, and not only that, but like, they could even tell us the opposite things that to them are clearly the obvious way to go forward mm. with it. Right. Um, and, and so I think there needs to be like a, a, a acknowledgement from schools that there's going to be a need to fill in the gaps. Like mm. vendors are not going to be able to meet all those 
requirements. No matter how well you spell it out, like it's not your fault, <laughs> you know, like there is just too, it's just too hard or, you know, we also have priorities and, you know, things and, and complications that, um, so it's, you know, please use your techies at schools and, you know, mm-hmm. use, cause there's going to be things that, that, that schools need on their side. Like, for example, uh, you know, for example, like government compliance piece, like every government in international school has a different, like they need different exports or they need different, submit different documents to the, and if, you know, I, it's hard to imagine a vendor that could provide all that kind of doc for all those countries. And anyway, they're always changing, you know, it's just not possible. Um, and so there's that, I think that's the sort of lesson that, I mean, you know, like I was saying before, I think we were talking just before, like managed back actually grew up because as a, as a, you know, very mature platform because the IB standardized and formalized something complicated. It was just curriculum. Um, you know, like the terminology, like the IB decided formative summative assessment, all this, ter- all this terminology, how to go, you know, so that meant that every IB teacher had a similar framework or really the same framework. So a vendor, a software company can come in there and say, oh, okay, well, instead of repeating yourself endlessly, reinventing the wheel all the time, we'll provide a platform for you can, you know, the data entry will be kind of like automated for you. And so we take it, we take it for granted how much easier it is to do unit planning if you're an IB teacher these days, right? Well, back in the day, I don't know, I remember doing this, but like every department had their own unit plan format and you're constantly editing it and going back and it was just a mess, right? Um, but we don't have that. There's certain things that, you know, international schools we don't have uh, for like health, like a standard for where mm-hmm. all schools are supposed to. So that makes it complicated for, for vendors to, to go about, you know, solutioning it, um, which we're, again comes back to the gaps. You're going to need someone at school to, to, to orchestrate those things um you know the vendors have a limitation so that means we have the implication here that we have to blah 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 whatever it is yeah Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you how things went for you working through the pandemic and the reason i ask is because your role kicked off in august 2021 is that right yeah august last august so yeah Mm -hmm. um uh, that's interesting because uh when i was in the pandemic uh that's actually when i was recruited um, just before it hit, and um, so it was, it was, uh, it was kind of a kind of job that I was like, if there was any doubt to it, it was like I'm not going to be, I'm not working with kids now, you know. So mm-hmm. if I'm not going to work with kids, I might as well give it another, you know, try another, uh, try another job, and that's that takes me out of the classroom. And I think that's like a, you know, like a back and forth that anyone will have is like, do I really want to leave the classroom? And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, it wasn't really, it was like, I already left the classroom. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was a full-time, I, I taught one class, computer science and, but like, you know, I had already in, in, in the pandemic. So it kind of made it easier uh, to take that leap. Um, yeah. Um, now you're based in Kuala Lumpur and um, I wanted to ask, uh, what do you enjoy most about living in Malaysia? Cause we've had a little bit of a chat about this before, but uh, yeah. perhaps you can share with the audience. Well, it beats Singapore for sure. Um, for all, for, for everything. No, I'm joking. Uh, I, I, the weather well, is. Right now I'm in Bangkok. I should just say I'm, I'm oh, not in okay. Singapore. I'm in Bangkok. So right. Is it beat Bangkok? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the weather being stable. It's always hot or rainy, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I, it's always good weather to exercise in. Um, the food is diverse, so you can get great Indian food, great Southeast Asian food, great Western food. You know, I have a favorite Italian restaurant that I go to. It just makes living here very easy. Yeah. 
Um, I, I kind of wish they spoke Chinese. I mean, there is a Chinese, you know, like community, but they speak like they don't speak Mandarin. Usually they speak Cantonese, you know, but uh, other than that, I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Yeah. I'm hoping actually to get there at some point very soon. Spend a bit of time in uh, KL, so uh, looking forward to that. Um, now, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they go about doing that? Sure. Uh, email address, um, uh, adam.morris at feria.org. Um, I have a Twitter account, um, uh, Classroom Tech Tools, with classroom spelled without some vowels in there. Um, and I use that to just kind of like, Basically, like if you are if you like the programmer aspect to what I was talking about just there, that that's the the account you probably want to follow. Um, I'll retweet the nerdy things all the time, and um, usually they usually have something to do with education, although not always. So yeah. And any upcoming events that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so October um, what was it fourteenth or so, the middle the Wednesday of October. It's always the middle Wednesdays of of a mm -hmm. month. Uh, we have a monthly meetup. Like, and William Fowler is going to be joining us talking about co managing complexity in international schools. Um, and so he's a really interesting, he, he, he has quite a complex school, to put it mildly. Uh, probably the one of the most complex I've ever come across. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him and making that simpler for everyone to understand. Um, you know, along those lines of trying to figure out like, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to communicate how complex sometimes it can be in some schools. That sounds like something not to miss. Well, look, Adam, it's been a pleasure having you on Education Talks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, David. It was a pleasure.